we, uh, <laughs> we've been going through Exodus, an amazing book, and it's, it's a f- fabulous treatment of the law of God and, and how it impacts our life, and it's, you know, it's, it's good, and it's deep, and it's, you know, this week we would be in, uh, thou shalt not permit a sorceress to live. And so you might be surprised, but we're taking a break from Exodus this morning. <laughs> no, there are texts, you know, there are things that like, one of my friends calls gospel softballs. And Exodus is not really a softball. It's amazing and deep, and we need to go through it, and we will, and we'll pick it up next week. But today, Mother's Day, I normally don't do a special Mother's Day sermon. In part because it's my own, not because I don't have a mom, I do. Not because I don't think she's amazing, I actually, I do. She's probably watching today, I've got to be very careful. <laughs> but the reality is, is that I don't love holidays that are sponsored by Hallmark. I'm sorry, I don't, you know, part of that bugs me. And not that our moms aren't awesome, they are. They deserve, and rightly so, uh, much praise, much, ac- much many accolades. But it's also very uneven, right? Some of us want to be moms and aren't. Some of us don't get accolades from our kids. In fact, maybe our kids don't even talk to us. Some of us have very different interactions and maybe motherhood and what does that mean? And so we have a different experience, many of us, with what mothers and Mother's Day and what is it and what isn't even in the Bible. And in fact, it becomes a bit of a comparison often. That's why I'm calling this mom of the year. (laughs) It's like, who's the best mother? Well, you got to pick Mary, the mother of Jesus, obviously. But, but, but are there other, like, like you say, oh, you know, Proverbs 31 has this amazing statement. Her children rise up and call her blessed. But maybe you don't have that. Does that mean you haven't been a good mom? What does it mean? And why should we, all of us, be absolutely thrilled to say, happy Mother's Day? Why should we be rejoicing in our hearts that Mother's Day happens? And there's a really good, amazing reason that we should all be, I don't care what, and it's it's not the standard one, everybody's got a mother. Some people don't even know their mothers. But I'll tell you what, there is something so amazing, and it's in the Bible, and it's fabulous hope for all of us because of mother. So we're going to talk about my favorite mother in the Bible, and and boy, it's a tough choice. There's a lot of -of out-of-the-box moms, aren't there? I mean, from Sarah, who's like crinkly and old, and then she doesn't even believe she's going to have a kid, to, to Hannah, who's crying in the temple and praying God, and the prophet comes to tell you're going to have a son, but it's actually that son's going to be raised by somebody else. To, 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 to Mary, the mother of Jesus, teenage, out of wedlock pregnancy, by the Holy Spirit. But my favorite's this one. This mom is amazing, Judges 13. So, so if you have your Bibles and want to turn to Judges, we're going to take a break from Exodus and talk about Judges 13 this morning. And it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling to see God at work um, in, in a mother and why we should rejoice in that this morning for the word of the Lord for us. So I want to give some context as we jump in. This is a, we're, we're jumping in to, to Judges 13, and it is immoral soup. Everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. It sounds a lot like America in 2022. People do what they think is right. Some people think this is right over here and they're doing it. Some people are claiming this over here and they're doing it. Some people aren't using the word mother anymore. They're saying birthing mom. No, sorry. Birthing persons. 
whatever that is, right? People doing what they think is right and for reasons they think is right. Well, that's judges. We know that this was just coming off in, in, in Judges 11 and 12 of a vow where someone vowed to sacrifice and kill the first thing they see and then their daughter comes up. Oh my goodness, what a terrible society and things going on. Sacrifice of people. In chapter 12, there's, there's a judge who, who is notable because he had his 60 children come with him. Okay, wait just a second. Fathering 60 children. Six zero. What in the world? What are you doing? Do you have time for anything else? So the whole thing, right, is this, this in the midst, will you just sit back with me for a minute and consider this amazing story? And it's about when Jesus shows up. So I want to encourage you, moms, non-moms, everybody, the wonder of being a mom is when Jesus shows up. It's not that. That's children rise up and call her blessed. When Jesus shows up. So chapter 13, verse 1. It says, And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. There was a certain man of Zorah, the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. His wife was barren and had no children. Okay, so this amazing story starts with the people, the the culture, God's nation, in the promised land that he's given them, because they've now come from Exodus, and they've come all the way into the promised land, and they've conquered the promised land, and there they are in the promised land, and they do evil. But thankfully, here's this amazing family. They're of this faithful long line. Oh, wait. Do you know anything about the Danites? Yeah, the Danites, you don't see them in Revelation because they were so bad, they got stricken from the like, roster of Israel. There are no Danites when you see the Revelation tribes because they were bad. And in, in Judges, they get terrible and they do these horrible things. So into this family that's, that's, that's not that good, and here's his wife, and his wife is barren. She doesn't have any kids. Manoah and his wife. Brutal society, tough life, evil tribe, no hope, right? And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren, and you have not borne children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful, careful. drink no wine or strong drink, Uh, eat nothing unclean, For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Okay, just think. Again, you may know this story. But just think, in the middle of nothing, in the middle of a culture that's like lost, in a tribe that's going to be rubbed out, in a woman who's barren, here comes God. He loves talking to barren women. An angel of the Lord. Many people, when you see that particular phrase, an angel of the Lord, think, oh, well, it's definitely a pre-incarnate something. Theophany? I think it's not wrong to think a pre-incarnate Jesus. Jesus just showed up. He showed up to, to, to the lowest person you can. Right, you did see that, right? It just said the Lord appeared to the woman, not not to the husband, to the woman, 
and said, you're going to have a kid. Now, you may know a Nazarite, don't cut his hair. Who's it going to be? You can guess with me. It's going to be Samson. But, 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 but. Right? There, there it is. Jesus himself. Do you know how few people Jesus, the angel of the Lord, shows up to? Ah, uh, you got Joshua, commander of the Lord's army. You got Gideon, maybe. You got Elijah, definitely Moses. And now you have this person. Amazing. And you're going to conceive. And it's going to be a son. I'm giving you a savior because the most amazing thing is that last piece. He shall begin to save Israel from the land of the Philistines. I'm going to give you a son that's going to start this process of salvation. Whoa. Wow, I am sure she's an amazing woman. She's probably, we, we know a lot about her, I'm sure. Someone that would get this kind of attention from God. So then you have in verse 6, the woman came and told her husband, a man of God came to me and his appearance was like the appearance of an angel of God. Very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from and he did not tell me his name. I don't know who it was, but it was awesome. But he said to me, behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean for the child to be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. So cool. She runs and tells her husband the good news. You do see she's not entirely telling the whole thing. She doesn't say, and he's going to start salvation. <laughs> that maybe seems too amazing, you know. It's this nameless being, this awesome being said, I would have a child. So, so I, as, as you and I, who, who, who are New Testament believers, think about the angel of God showing up and think about it being a pre-incarnate Jesus for a minute with me. Think about the Son of God who, who would save the entire world. And he shows up to somebody and he tells him, you know what? There's a child that's going to be born now and it's going to start, it's going to be save his people from, from the Philistines, from the world. How cool. How amazing. All those people, many of the people I've talked to, the angel of the Lord shows up once, but now the angel shows up twice. Jesus if you will. And again, I get you say it's not Jesus, that it's, I want to think of it as an angel from God, but, but it's so amazing. The very presence of God, he shows up again. Because then Manoah prayed to Yahweh. He said, oh Lord, please let the man of God who you sent some representation of a person, right? Please let the man of God who you sent come again to us and teach us what we're to do with the child who will be born. I heard my wife talk, and he, she told me that this is how, Would you please come and tell me some more and give me some personal information because I'd like more information about what to do to raise this child. And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, is not with her. No, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Manoah says, would you please come to me and tell me what to do more, God? So God says, sure. And he comes again to who? Not to him, to his wife. She's in the field working. I don't know what he's doing. He's not there. And so here comes God again to her. So the woman ran quickly and said to her husband, Behold, the, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And so Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man. 
and said, are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Boy, if that doesn't have some reverberating things going on in it. I am. Notice, it wasn't that, that this angel wasn't going to talk to Manoah. It's that particularly you're supposed to see he's going to the wife. Again. Again. Well, I'm going to go get my husband. And she brings him to see this amazing blessing of God showing up. And so Manoah said, now, now when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life? And, and then what is his mission? Uh, would, you, would, you, would, you, would you tell me more about what he's supposed to do? And so the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink or eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded to her... Let her observe. Do you, do, you, do you get that? So, so, I think Jesus. Jesus shows up and says to Manoah's wife, says, hey, there, there's, um, you're, you're going to have a kid, barren woman. You're, you're going to have a son, and he's going to be a savior. Make sure that you, 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 you know, don't drink alcohol. That's bad for babies. And, and, and also, don't ever cut his hair. And so she goes to the husband. The husband's like, well, okay. And he prays, God, would you help me? I need more information. So, so then the, 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 the angel of the Lord Jesus shows up again to the woman and, and says, hey, I'm here. And she goes and gets her husband. The husband says, well, tell me more. And he says, listen to the woman. That's what he says, right? I mean, he doesn't give him another list of things to do. He says, whatever I told her, have her do. Listen to her. He doesn't take it out of her hands and give it to him. He keeps it in her hands. So Manoah, he doesn't get more information. He says to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you and prepare a young goat for you. The least we can do is give you some hospitality. This is great news. And so the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, if you detain me, I will not eat of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to Yahweh. For Manoah didn't know he was the angel of Yahweh. Okay, I'm starting to get a little different picture of Manoah. I thought he was snazzy and cool. Now I think he's spazzy and not very observant. It's like, there he is. He's like, what? what? You don't know? It's the angel of Yahweh appeared to the woman. He says, the woman, is, as told his wife, said, he's awesome. There's something amazing. He says, well, I don't, but you can offer an offering. So, so he does. So Manoah said to the, to the angel of the Lord, what is your name? So that when your words come true, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is Wonderful. Oh my goodness. I'm kind of floored again, aren't you? First we have the whole I am reference. And now we got my name is wonderful. What's that? Never heard of wonderful counselor? I mean, who, who is that in Isaiah? Who is it talking about? Who is the one whose name is wonderful? So wonderful you can't even really say it. And by the way, he never gives it to him. Why do you want to know my name? It's too wonderful for you. What amazing blessing. He's shown up twice and he's talking to the, and he came for the wife. That's who he came for, right? 
So Manoah took the young goat and with the grain offering and he offered it on the rock to Yahweh and the one who works wonders to the one who works wonders, that's Yahweh. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up towards heaven from the altar, the angel of Yahweh went up in the flame of the altar. Whoa. Now Manoah and his wife were watching and they fell on their faces to the ground. Wow. Okay, if, 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 if you didn't get it, I mean, wonderful counselor, almighty God, I am the angel of God, and, and, and he goes up, and they're right to fall on their faces to the ground. Oh, my. The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew he was an angel of the Lord, and, and, and Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die. For we have seen God. Okay, now I know he's kind of. I don't know. Would that what you would think? So God comes and talks to him, which is amazing and deep and wonderful. He comes again and talks to him, and then he disappears. And Manoah's like, "Uh oh, we're dead. Nobody sees God and lives." But his wife said to him, if Yahweh had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands or shown us all these things or now announced such things to us as, as these. So, so you get the picture, right? You, you get the guys in a tiffy. Ah, we're going to die. And the wife is like, well, you know, practically speaking, if he were going to kill us, don't you think we'd already be dead? So the woman bore a son. And called his name Samson. And the young man grew. And Yahweh blessed him. I'm going to stop there for us. If there's another line, that's okay. This indeed is Samson's mother. We're talking about this morning. Who the spirit of the Lord would use as a judge in Israel. That's Samson. The chapters to come make it clear that Samson's mom and dad did what the angel of the Lord said. You know it. Samson had this incredible supernatural strength from his hair from his Nazarite vow. And so Mother's Day, right? Mother's Day. We are prone to take moms like this and say how amazing they are. She believed God's word. She believed God's messenger. She ran and got her husband. Her husband believed her. She was obedient. She raised him right. She was given a son even though she was barren. She was honored because of her goodness. And I say blech. Why do I say blech? Because do you think that's the story? That in these days of cultural upheaval, be like Samson's mom? Or, or, or do you think, oh my, God came. Oh my, God came to a nobody. And he was at work. There's a hope. What's the hope? In a promised child that would save their people that she got to birth and raise. Did she have this hope because she was fabulous? Let's explore that for a minute. Wait a minute. I, I want to think about these things for a minute with us, what this means for you and me. I want you to celebrate. I want you to celebrate Mother's Day. I want you to celebrate for the right reasons. 
the wonder. It's not wrong, even a little bit. It is good. It is the law that you would take a mom who's been faithful and true and sacrificial and awesome, and you'd honor them. Of course, we honor that. that that's not this, though, right? That's not this mom. Let me ask you a few questions about her. Was she in shape? What? What are you talking about? Was she wealthy? Was she a good cook? Like, well, those don't matter. Why are you even asking that? Well, okay. Did she teach Samson the scriptures? Well, of course she did. She did? How do you know? Was she a good moral example for Samson? I know this. She didn't cut his hair. That's good. Sure, he knew not to do that, but he did, by the way, cut his hair or get it cut, right? Her, her, her whatever she did to train him, whatever she did to train him up, didn't prevent him from being one of the worst examples of immorality that the Bible has. <laughs> Why, why didn't they stress that more? There's so much we don't know about this woman. In fact, there's something really important we don't know about her, right? Her name? I said, what's my favorite woman in the Bible? Well, do you know her name? Well, she actually doesn't have a name recorded. What? Now, Elijah, God appeared to Elijah. Moses, God appeared to Moses. Gideon long appeared to me. What about the man on the road? Did God appear to them? No. Oh, those disciples of Emmaus, I get that a little bit. But here's a woman. I don't know her name. Why don't I know her name? What's the deal? Isn't that amazing? This specific choice in the text. Specific choice to make sure as you read this and as you read about Jesus Christ, the angel of God, appearing in the Old Testament, pre incarnately saying, there's a savior coming and it's a baby and you will bear this baby, you blessed person. And you don't know her name. that might throw a little wrench into how we think about honoring and what it means. Don't you think? Don't you think the Bible's like telling us something there? She hasn't, she has no name recorded. No, no, no rising up and calling her blessed. She's blessed because God showed up. There's no fame and fortune and standing. What standing? We don't even know her name. I know the name of her clueless, spazzy husband. His name's Manoah. He's in the Bible. I, God didn't show up for him. He showed up for her. She's the honored one from God, right? This is, this is big. The nameless, barren one, the one with no kids, and God loves her, and she'll never get the recognition from the world that she may deserve. Her kids may never actually realize how amazing you are, moms, and taking care of them, right? Your husband may get all the credit for what happens in your kid's life. You don't think God knows? You know who God showed up for? I believe it captures the essence of true motherhood really well. I've got a smart wife with a doctorate, and now she's essentially an Uber driver. That's what happens, you know. Your kids just need to go places. This 
you can live your life and you never have a name for yourself. And this one, God shows up for. So the true identity, right, is that God shows up for us. And whether you're a mom or not, this is a question for you to really take into your heart this morning. Has God shown up for you? Because here's the wonder of motherhood captured in Samson and his mom. The savior of Israel was born. I, I, don't, I take a pause there on purpose. I'm not meaning to put you to sleep. The Savior. So, so think about the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Think about imaging that for a minute. Think about the image of that for a minute. Because to me, the most amazing thing is everything about Jesus. So, so, so if we say, hey, man, we worship Jesus. We've come to, to talk about Jesus. We've come to sing songs to Jesus. We've come to think about him on the cross for our sins. We think about God who became a person. But you know, Jesus could just have fallen from the sky. He could have appeared one day. He could have walked out of a dark room because boom, he's there. Where, how did Jesus come? To Jesus Christ, God incarnate. How did he come? He came as a... Baby, born of a woman. Have you thought about how profound that is? How unexpected, how weird. What in the world that Jesus would, 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 would actually conceive and be born? And, and, be, and so, so there's a woman who's actually bearing, giving birth to God. That child is our salvation. And the mom's involved as he grows up. I'm not talking about just the act of birth. I, I am talking about the mother. And as she grew, I, I mean, I don't think, again, I'm, we're not Catholic. I don't think Mary was, was deity. No way. I think Mary is an amazing expression of what unworldly, ununderstandable depth of the wonder of how God came. In fact, Every single birth is that. Every time a child is born, I should be thinking, Jesus Christ came as a baby. Look at what you're imaging. Look at what you're imaging as you raise a child because through a child came God to earth and that God is our salvation. This is the biggest picture of motherhood you'll ever have. Is it actually birthing? And there's other awesome pictures. There's fathering. There's adoption. There's all these other things that all of us image in different ways. But I'll tell you the special thing that mothers get to do, they get to image birthing like Jesus Christ came as a baby. I think that's why First Timothy, you probably know it. First Timothy says they shall be saved through childbearing. It doesn't mean having lots of kids. It means the image that the Savior came as a baby. It's incredible. God showed up, you know, back here in the Judges. And he came through a mother. And it cuts through all the struggles that we have, right? Why don't my kids respond to me? What did I do wrong? You've got it backwards, right? It's not be a mom, do it right, and your kids will adore you. It's not even in the text this morning. If you say that, you haven't read about Manoah's wife and her son Samson, who in spite of the obedience and hard work of his mother, because they trained him up, it appears he was a moral failure. That's the person Jesus came to. Right? There's no real evidence of spirituality until the very final moments of Samson's life when he's sitting there, chained and eyeless because his eyes have been put out, and he prays, Lord, take me down with a lot of other bad guys, and then he destroys the whole temple they're at, right? 
He marries outside the camp. He goes into prostitutes. He's most famous for the loss of his strength to Delilah, strength that came where through his mom, and he squandered it. Unknown, unheralded, no-name mom. (laughs) I'll tell you, it's wonderful to have a loving relationship with your kids, but that's not the opportunity I'm talking about this morning. That's not why I rejoice in this woman. That's not why we say, oh, I love Mother's Day, and I don't care about Hallmark and the flowers and anything else. I love Mother's Day because it reminds me my Savior came, and he came as a baby. And every time we have a birth, we remember again, we are saved by a child who came. He didn't have to come that way. God showed up. It's a picture all moms get to have. We all wonder together. We all bask in the babe. We all wonder at the child. We're all saved by one-way love. And, and you may never have kids. In fact, the Bible actually tells us. Why would it say this? The Bible actually tells us Paul does in 1 Corinthians 7. If you're single, don't get married. Stay how you are. In fact, I, I, I think I might have. To the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to remain single. Not, why? Shouldn't you have many children? Shouldn't you get blessed by motherhood? Shouldn't you do? No, 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 no. Because the blessing is Jesus coming. It's all about Jesus. Everything's about Christ. In fact, in fact, the Bible actually says stuff like this, right? Luke chapter 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he can't be my disciple. What? But we've carefully constructed this tower of, of make sure you love your parents, and if your parents do it right, then the kids will honor them. If the kids will honor them. The, this whole structure that we have, and it's a good structure, it's not a bad structure, except what? It's not gospel. Why? Because we can't do it. I don't love my mom well enough. My parents didn't love me well enough. We fail and fall down all the time, you know. It's not that it's bad, it's good. But, you know, my kids are going to need therapy. Because of me. And, 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 and no matter how well you do it, and then all of a sudden the relationship isn't what you hoped for, and then you're like, wow, I wish your relationship was different, and, and it takes up your life. But it doesn't have to. Why? Because really, all of it is about Jesus. He's our salvation. And, and, and the picturing that we get to do of birth, the picturing we get to do of adoption, the picturing we get to do of love and sacrifice, the picturing we get to do all over is all us pointing to and all of us grabbing hold of this idea that we are saved by, by somebody else. And his name is Jesus. And he came as a babe. And he lived a perfect life. And, 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 he, and he died on a cross. And his mom was there looking. It wasn't that she wasn't around. We put such a heavy emphasis on ourselves, but it's not about us. So today, would you think, you be nameless. You be the one nobody knows their name. But you be knowing that Jesus Christ has come for you. And he has. He's come for me. He's come for each of us. This is the hope of of a mother, right? Of God showing up. And he has. Every birth aimed directly at the wonder of Jesus who came to earth as a babe. And this this is it. You're going to be used to image that. And many of us... Half of us, less than half, moms, mothers. They are birthing persons, many of them. That's okay because birth is fabulous. Pointing to the wonder of Jesus. 
And, and I want to say one thing about that before we close, because here I am spouting off in wonder, because I think the Bible does, at God showing up, at Jesus saying salvation's coming through a babe. That this, it's, the, it's the promise from the garden that, that one would be born who would, who would crush the head of the serpent, and his name is Jesus, and all this wonderful picturing of giving birth and of, of raising a child that that can be. And, and yet there will be some in this room who haven't done that. And again, I rejoice because of Jesus with you. There's also those in this room who have killed a baby. Because I think abortion, right? Maybe you have that in your life saying, Dax, that's a great image. But I'll tell you what, I've, I've explicitly not done that. And I'll tell you what. The whole message is we don't image perfectly. Our biggest messages were forgiven. The fact that we needed a savior the frame of even what I gave you this morning in Judges. The people did evil, and then God shows up. What does he say? You're going to have a baby, and he's going to save his people. Save them from what? They're evil. I do evil. So do you. And yet we have this hope, this hope through a babe. Not my child, not yours, but God for us. His name is Jesus, and he brings hope. God showed up. Oh, would you rejoice in that this Mother's Day? I'll end with just a quote from Dennis Johnson. He says this, in the kingdom of God, personal significance is not conveyed by others as a perk of our usefulness or achievement. Significance is imparted to us as a gift, lavished on us by a God who created us, who redeemed us from the devaluation we won in our quest for self-sufficient significance. The God who's recreating us as reflections of his own glory. It's all God. And he came as a babe. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for Judges 13. The story seems so out of place. This mom who we don't even know her name. And we rejoice that you did that, Lord. That you come to the least and the little and the barren and the undeserving like us. And you give us hope. You give us life. And you've done it all. Lord, today we rejoice in our moms. We thank you for that picture of, of salvation through a child that we know is true because you came. And we trust you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen.